0: Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting. My guest is Jim Beatty, CEO of SB2, an association management firm specializing in the concrete industry. And Jim is also executive director of the Concrete Foundations Association. Jim, it's great to have you on the show. Jeremy, great to join you. Thanks for the invitation. So say a few words about your background in association management and one fascinating fact about yourself that not many people know it's
1: always great to get that question and it's fun to react to people because when you say i am in association management everybody looks at you, do you get a degree for that how do you get into that <laughs> we really came by it by happenstance i'm trained as an architect i joined an architecture firm in a small community that had the opportunity to begin managing associations on a temporary basis just because of management transition and a couple of key moments in a calendar year said, hey, we need somebody to just shore this up. Could you manage it? And my former partner said, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that. That led him into a career of association management. And as they started to grow, I got the invitation to come and join him and have really opened up into a a beautiful world of Problem solving and networking for people, you you learn so much about industry, about companies, about individuals by managing their associations. I, I wasn't trained for it. I just begin to apply what I know, when I know, and I often say it, it is never what you know, it's who you know. So a fun fact about myself would say a few people know this, but I am an avid sports broadcaster. I do an awful lot of broadcasting for a local high school and now a a video broadcasting product covering softball, baseball, football, basketball, volleyball. I, I just I'm passionate about our students. They are our best future resource and investing in them and helping their families enjoy their product.
0: Oh, well, that's really cool. So you're, well, you definitely have the voice for it. You sound <laughs> like a broadcaster. I get a lot, of, a lot of chances. Yeah. And the good mic. In fact, I think Jim and I are using the same microphone. A good so, mic
1: will make anybody sound good.
0: It, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't <laughs> hurt. So a big part of association management is member engagement. Yeah. That's the reason associations exist, right? To put members in touch with each other, to keep them engaged with right. the association, with each other, with the industry. Right. But engagement can mean many different things. It's a, a broad term. So let's start right there as we do with every episode. How do you define the term engagement and what does an engaged CFA member look like?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question always a great place to start. And for me, engagement is a two-way road. You can have participation. You can have invitation and a decision to join, in this case, for an association. But if you don't have the two-way road of communication, which means not only is a member taking, but they're also giving, you never get engagement. For me, engagement has to be the cornerstone of retention. And if you're asking somebody to stay with you, to to endure the seasons, the the catastrophic seasons that we've seen facing the recession, the Great Recession in 2010, and now this pandemic, which oddly enough has been quite beneficial business-wise for most of our members, you you still have to have active engagement. member has to be able to write that check based on the fact, what did I get and how did I give? And oddly enough, most of them respond more positively to how I gave than what I got. Okay.
0: That's really interesting. And you use the term active engagement. Mm Mm-hmm. So, one way to understand that is an engaged member is one that does things, right. isn't just passively receiving information or showing up for the conference or whatever, but act- actually giving, contributing to the organization.
1: Yeah there is such a low percentage that defines people that way and our goals in the CFA are are really to look at that very small percentage that we could say are actively engaged and that is two terms that you can't separate you can't have engagement without activity and and so then as we try to transition and grow we do it from the perspective of how can we incrementally move people into activity? And that activity is where we secure that engagement. And really, once you open that opportunity for them,
0: there's an aha moment.
1: And they really begin to be able to say, now, that is precisely why I made the decision. I thought about it a long time ago, never
0: took the opportunity. Now I get it. Interesting. Okay, so what's your strategy for engagement? Or actually, let's ground it. What are some examples of channels you use, initiatives you've tried that have gotten you those kind of results that have spoken to that kind of small percentage of the membership that are now actively engaged members? How did you get them to engage? So I, I think a clear way to
1: describe this, we held, we hold an annual convention, like most associations. We held a convention, let's say 10 years ago, and we asked for feedback after the event from the members that attended and we had created a a, a, we just knew it was a great event great education great social opportunities and the first response that we got back on our survey was hated the event didn't meet a single person and we're like that's not possible you just really have to be a hermit or a severe introvert to not have met a single person But then we went back and we broke the event down. And what we found out is as strong as the event was, we were looking at it from the lens of the people that come year after year and always Mm -hmm. trying to make it better for those people. What we were failing to understand is that those first timers or those um, shoulder participants – never really felt the, the permission to become involved. And so we, re, we, we began to remake our events and intentionally focus the events on how do you get that first-time member in there, or even the non-member that happens to come. How do you show them right at the beginning that they're involved? One of the things that we began to implement, taking from speed dating, and we turned it into speed networking, which now is a, a rather popular term or a popular feature at, at events. But we would literally line up chairs, facing chairs in a row, set the members in motion, and they would talk to somebody for three minutes. We'd call out change. They'd move to the left on each side. And so you actually move two spaces, which means you're separating that conversation a little bit further for the the conversations you heard peripherally and continue to introduce them. We would do that for a half an hour. And so ideally, you probably met 10 people in a more than superficial way, rather than, oh, hi, how are you? I'm Jim Beatty from SB2 Management, and I'm Burner Concrete. Mm-hmm. Instead, you had to spend three minutes, which if you've ever done a three-minute speech, it's an eternity if you're not used to giving a speech. And so it also taught that given that give and take. But what it showed the, the the members that were not used to engaging in that way is that I can come to an event, share just a little bit about myself, and instantly begin to identify with people either people I wanted to be, people that I had been, or people that I had commonalities with that I can begin sharing my same problems. And what we found from those events is a much higher form of engagement. And we also developed a
0: stronger rhythm of return return attendance. So that's a great example to illustrate a few important concepts. Mm-hmm. One, like you said, so you created an opportunity an event within the event for people to literally engage with other people right. to meet new people. So that's creating that opportunity. So you don't just hope that the new members meet other folks. You kind of engineer it and make it happen.
1: Yeah, cause you look really bad being the guy that leaves the room when you announce it's time to tar- start our speed, <laughs> speed networking. You have to give them that place. And it, it is scary. It's always scary, and particularly for those that are on the lower introvert side of yeah, the sure. personality scale. It's always scary to be dumped into that setting. Oh gosh, what am I going to talk to myself? I talked about myself. But this, the things that I found also from association networks is that everybody there has the same passion. And that is business, industry, and people. Mm -hmm. And when you have those three passions, you can literally talk at any time about anything and connect with people.
0: Right. I mean, after all, you all have chosen to come to this specific conference. There's a reason for that. Right. Right. You were looking for something, and here it is. And these are your people. You got this feedback that was surprising. Wait, we thought this conference was awesome. And here's someone tell us, like, it sucked. I didn't meet anyone, which speaks to... The importance of knowing your audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that is incredibly poignant to to know your audience and, and to not only think you know your audience, but you have to take the time. So often in life, we talk about one of the most important personal tools that you can employ is the, the art of listening. And I would even take that one step further is that you have to both listen and observe because you can listen and not really be paying attention. In fact, my wife accuses me that all the time <laughs> in, instead, you have to observe you have to invest yourself uh, in who the people are and and what are you seeing them do and what are you not seeing them do and then you begin to reshape their experience so that they can come away with the positive the positive reaction the positive takeaways that they actually came there to
0: achieve and, and it's so key to have like you said that deeper understanding of who are these people? What do they value? Like, why are they here? Right. What are they really looking for? Part of it might be obvious, or if you ask them, there are certain obvious things they'd say, but part of it might be kind of subconscious. Right. And so the, part of the challenge of communicating, of engagement is really understanding what people want, even if they're not totally aware of it all the time. Yeah. And I think you
1: you said a really important word there in that subconscious, because I I think subconsciously most people want to share. Most people want to receive. It's that barrier, that social barrier that they can't break through. A lot of people can't break through and they can't see themselves actually doing that. There's an anxiety that builds there. And most of what we do is to try to break that down, come up with different ways. And so We've also then turned away from speed networking. We we might do it for three or four years. And then if you see the tenants' patterns solidify for the same cast of characters, they've done that several times. Now give them another way to accomplish mm-hmm. the same goal. And that's where it, where I think you have to also be very nimble. You have to stay uh, flexible
0: to, uh, to your environment. Keeping things fresh. Right. Yeah. Part of engagement is entertainment. Mm-hmm right it, <laughs> a lot it, of it is it's baked in mm-hmm. and the entertaining people is not easy people have short attention
1: spans they do they have a, a, a and particularly so in the concrete industry they're because these most of the people that attend our conferences have i think most people anywhere have lots of balls in the air but these are all largely business owners they have multiple segments of their company that they have to keep all spinning and keep engaged themselves there's that word again at all times as well as maintaining client relationships and you know inspector relationships and designer really so all of the things that they're trying to accomplish and so they really don't have those daily opportunities to invest an hour in something right that yeah. always is broken down into squirrel And I think we have to we have to realize that, too, and make sure that engagement happens in short durations to hold their attention.
0: Yeah. Engagement's been on my mind a lot lately. And I think a lot of people's minds, especially since covid, Mm -hmm. especially since people started working from home and even just in your personal life, something the ways that we used to engage kind of informally with with friends. Hey, you want to grab dinner tonight? or just going downtown and walking amongst other people when all that's taken away. I just personally, I've really felt disengaged Mm -hmm. and it's weird. It's all too easy to get used to. And it's made me really think about why engagement matters. Why, especially if you're in the association world or you're a professional communicator of any kind, and that's your, and that's your job. And as a podcast producer, that is part of the job, right? Mm -hmm. Creating content that engages people. So let me put it to you. Why does engagement matter? And are there any ways in which our COVID situation has helped sharpen the concept for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think engagement is critical in life. And I think it has been exacerbated by the pandemic because, you know, we talked about, I uh, mentioned the anxiety barriers to social engagement. And so when persons come to our event, and we ask them to do this. There's that barrier of anxiety. And so they, they can't see themselves across it until we beckon them or we more or less force them. We gently push them into it. Now with the pandemic, you've added the safety hurdle or barrier as well so that every form of, en- of engagement invitation carries with it not only my anxiety, can I actually see myself engaging, but is it physically safe for me? Mm-hmm. And what's the risk for me to engage? and so that has reshaped what engagement is in this time and i surmise it's probably going to linger for a while it's not going to be done they say a, a- Two year pandemic cycle. So February of next year, it's not going to be done then. There's, it's going to be a mm-hmm. while for us to socially change or evolve back to that norm that we were, felt comfortable. And this is everybody I'm saying, not yeah. segments. And yeah, absolutely. I think that engagement then is really critical. And we've seen it then during this pandemic because we've had to change our model for engagement. You don't have in person. You, the safety not only has become a barrier, the safety issue element has um, not only become a barrier for engagement, it has become a complete shutdown. We don't have mm. in-person events, and it's very different to be engaged digitally. There are so many more social anxieties, and there's not yeah. and there's not a large percentage of the population that will do what you and I are doing right now, which is actively being on video with each other and being okay talking yeah. and without worried about how I look in my environment. And engagement, though, it, it, the reason it's so critical is because when you shut down all your social avenues, your natural social avenues for engagement, your space becomes tighter and tighter. And I think suffocating is a word that I've heard many times used in conversations with people. I feel suffocated. Mm-hmm. I feel tight. I feel depressed. And it's because there are no no natural forms of engagement that are easy. Mm-hmm. And so it's even more important for us that our profession is built on engagement is to find a way to usher them into a different style of engagement as a remedy for that.
0: One thing that I take away from what you said, going back to your example of sort of the speed dating game is that I think we can all agree that engagement is a good thing, an important thing. We want our, if you run a business, you want your employees to be engaged, right? If you run a membership association, want your members to be engaged, but it doesn't just happen. You have to make it happen. It's easier to not engage than it is to engage. Yeah. And if you're the audience.
1: And everything that we have, all of our tools right now disengage you. Email is a huge form of disengagement. Right, The caller ID is a massive form of disengagement. I don't have to talk to you unless I can clearly identify who you are and that, yep, the time is right for me to talk to you. Otherwise, go to my voicemail. I'll get around to it. An email comes in and it might be two weeks before I answer that email because, ah, that was an uncomfortable subject and I really don't have an answer for that. Right, And we're trained, we're being trained to not be engaged. And so Mm -hmm. I, one of the things that I'm very careful and very um, intentional with in our staff is that we cannot rely on email communication to be our form of engagement. We have to engage people by voice. And Mm -hmm. when we can take the opportunity to pull them on video, if we can, we, this, this campus that we do for digital event management, uh, it's digital in-person collaboration. It's as close to being in person. The only thing we're missing is the flesh and bone or the video, the video image with each other. But otherwise you've got real-time voice communication and we're trying to build, to reconnect people in a positive form of engagement.
0: The, the, discussion element, the the face-to-face, even if it's through a video screen, and actually having a conversation. Right. I think that's such an important element of engagement that when you a good conversation means you're engaging the other person. You're asking them questions. Right. You're listening to what they say, like you said before. I mean, it's one thing that I enjoy about podcasting, not just producing them, but just as a fan listening to podcasts. I find them very engaging. They are. Because especially ones that are interview based, like what we're doing right now, a good discussion is an engaging thing to listen to, especially if the people having the discussion are engaged themselves.
1: There's a term that has popped up in just the last couple of years, and that's ghosting. And it you know, has to do with basically chat, Snapchat, and, and the forms of the kind of instant gratification communication that your expectation when you send a communication to somebody is, you'll hear back from them. You're yeah. trying to engage them. Your intent is to be engaged with them in conversation. And it is so easy in today's society to ghost people, to pull back. Yeah. And so, again, it goes back to what do we do as professionals? How can we provide engagement the the avenues to engagement that prevents the tendency to ghost or to disappear
0: yep and covid presents a huge challenge when it comes to engagement Mm -hmm. because of the not being able to be in physical places with each other but it also presents some really interesting opportunities to try new things so Jim, let's leave our listeners with an insight from you, some, an actionable insight, something that your colleagues can be de- begin doing today right away to improve how they engage their audiences.
1: Yeah, I think I would do it from a test perspective. Spend a moment of time, and you define the length of time that you want to do that, and assume that every current form of engagement is taken from you if if all of what you call engagement doesn't exist how do you engage how can you re- how can you How can you connect with people in a way that pulls them back in? Or more importantly, as I said in my definition of engagement, which is a two-way action or an activity, reestablish that opportunity for them. It's a big challenge. And and I think that's one of the things that we've been dealt with, the eyes and opportunity from probably going back to May, June, July, somewhere in there, is rethinking that idea of engagement because we're forced to do that. We're forced to rethink what an in-person event is. We're forced to rethink what a virtual event might be, and so I, I think for business communication professionals and, and, and professionals in in this area, colleagues of mine, that's what we're trying to actively do: is to rethink what it means to engage, and it's, it goes along with that what I said earlier about you you have to observe; you can't just assume. You can't just think that what I'm doing is going to be effective. You've got to observe and then you've got to make a change because you either see it succeeding or not succeeding.
0: Absolutely. Well, Jim, thank you so much for a very engaging discussion.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. It's always, uh, it's always great to connect with you, Jeremy. <laughs> you too.
0: That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe.